I'm Erin. And I'm Carrie. And this is Keeping Busy. Carrie, how's that delicious caramel apple cookie sandwich taste? It tastes nice and fresh because I just made it today. Oh. <laughs> Lovely. Um, so yeah, let's just dive right in, right? We had kind of two assignments uh, for this podcast. One of them was to make caramel apple cookies, and the other one was a crochet project, which I am not done with, are you? Oh, no. no. I'm pretty far from it. Okay. So, yeah, the caramel apple cookies, they are, not surprisingly, incredibly sweet. Yes. <laughs> Did you have this, too? Yeah, I actually, um, it was so sweet when I tried it that I didn't add the caramel. That was So I just had apple cookie sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really eat any of it until I had already put it all together. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, this doesn't need this much sugar. <laughs> There's a lot of sugar in these cookies and a lot of butter, uh, which I think we commented a on pound before. Of butter? Yes. <laughs> if you make the full recipe, a it's full a pound. pound of butter. Did you make the full recipe? I actually cut it in half. So I made a half a batch of cookies and a half a batch, which is a half a pound of butter. Still. Still. <laughs> but that's how much I had thought out. I hadn't think of, thought of it in poundage before, mm. but when you put it in those terms, it's really gross. Yeah, right? You know when you go to the store and you pick up that four pack of the four sticks of butter and you pick it up and you're like, oh, this is what a pound of butter is. That's how much is in one recipe of these cookies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of, I can't decide if I think it's disgusting or amazing. And on top of that, there are two cups of sugar. One cup regular, one cup brown sugar in the cookies, plus the buttercream has, has half a cup brown <laughs> sugar and then, you know, like... The up to six s- cups of butter sugar. <laughs> it's just so sweet. And then the woman who invented this recipe thought to herself, you know what? This needs something. Caramel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is yeah. more sugar. I think the real reason I didn't add the caramel is that... Um, I didn't have any, and by the time I was done with the cookies and the buttercream, I didn't feel like making it. No, I actually had some. So that's why I tried it. I did have some salted caramel sauce on hand, so I just threw it on there because because I could easily. (laughs) I have to say, though, in the recipe, it talks about them, or in in the post from the recipe that we got the site from, it talks about these cookies tasting like... A delicious apple pie that you can hold in your hand. I did not really get that sense. No. It has the spices in it and it has, you know, a representational amount of apple (laughs) so that you can call them apple cookies. But they tasted, I thought, definitely more just straightforward oatmeal cream pie. Yes, that's exactly what I thought. The, The Little Debbies or whatever oatmeal cream pies that you get. Yes. But... Instead of, I think they have raisins. Do they have raisins? No, they do not. Okay. Well, if you think of oatmeal cookie, but like a nice soft one like you get in those oatmeal cream pies, instead of raisins, you had the little um, pieces of apple. But you don't get the apple flavor very strongly. I certainly didn't. I didn't know. Um, it says use a green apple, which I'm guessing they wanted uh, like a Granny Smith, something tart. With mm-hmm. a more 
assertive apple flavor. And I couldn't find a Granny Smith, which sounds strange, but when I went to buy my apples, the best I could do was a Ginger Gold, which doesn't really have the tartness. Yeah, that's much sweeter. Yeah. So after tasting the cookies, they were already all baked. I thought to myself, what might have been a good addition is, I, if I made them again, I guess I would say, I would cut down on the sugar, and I think I would add some, I have some of that boiled apple cider that you can get from King Arthur Flour. Is it a powder? It, or... It's liquid, but it's boiled down, so that's very, oh. very concentrated. Okay, and then you would, would you replace, I think there's vanilla. Would you replace some of the vanilla with that, or what? No, I think I would just cut back on the sugar a little, add some of the boiled cider. I mean, you don't need a lot of it because it is very concentrated, and um, see how the texture of the cookie was and see if I needed to add a little more flour at the end. Okay. I brought these into work. Well, I ate a couple, and then I brought them into work today and got lots of compliments on them. I think they, they were very tasty. It's just yeah. it wasn't super apple Right. No, I'm a huge fan of oatmeal cream pies, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go really well with a cup of coffee. Yeah. Because having just a very, very sugary cookie like this is a can be a bit much. But if you have it, say, in the morning when you need a big sugar rush <laughs> and then have a cup of coffee with it, I feel like they would even themselves out. I thought that the, the brown sugar and cinnamon buttercream was very tasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it definitely helped. Like, you could really taste the cinnamon. Maybe it was that the cinnamon was so obvious. That's why you didn't get the apple flavor. I don't remember what kind of apples I used. But typically the apples that you get early in the season like this are generally more tart. And they were smaller, so I actually used two of these apples. I figured that was about one. Because Granny Smiths are pretty big. Granny Smiths? They're not usually very big. They're usually like... Macintosh sized, aren't they? Oh, yeah. I was thinking like uh, Red Delicious size. That's what's, I mean, that's how big my apple was because it was a ginger gold. So it's a cross between, I think, a ginger a and golden, a gold. A golden delicious and <laughs> something gingery. <laughs> okay. Oh, I should say we got this recipe from tastesoflizzytea.com. Which is interesting because the recipe itself says it's written by. Kathleen Siegel, I believe. Where is that? Um, I, th- I got it on the print the recipe page. But oh. I think she also does mention above in the in the post somewhere that, that you can get it off of Kathleen's webpage as well. It says, from Kathleen at Yummy Crumble. That must be another blog yeah. site. Yeah, it was delicious. It was delicious. It wasn't exactly what I expected. And... Um, if I wanted to make apple pie cookies, I would definitely want more apple flavor in them, but certainly very yummy. I liked them. Mm-hmm. My children liked them. My husband liked them. Your coworkers liked them. They sure did. And I started, you know, a new job. This was week three. Um, so, you know, I, I made a few friends. With your cookies? <laughs> bribing them with sweets. <laughs> That's always helpful in a new workplace. Yeah. It's also kind of sad. Oh. That's okay. Oh. Hey, it's just to get the foot in the door, right? That's right. Just, just to, to open up the conversation. Uh-huh. Uh, shoot, I had a question for you about this. Oh, how many cookies did you make? I didn't count mine. Oh, I didn't count mine either. Let me think, though, because I know I did. There is... It was more than I think... Well, it said two. 
on the recipe, right? That's right? What it is. Assuming that it means two dozen, it probably means two dozen sandwich cookies, yeah. which means four dozen actual cookies. I think that's about right. I yeah, got that sounds around about, I, I think dozen. I got like 26 would be my guess because I halved the recipe. Oh, right. So you got 26 individuals. Yes, 26 individual cookies. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of buttercream left over. Um, I think I just went too light on it at the beginning because I was worried about running out. And then the, the end ones were really, really chunky with it. And then oh, I had really? Left over. Yeah. I will say, too, with the uh, with the buttercream filling, it's definitely it definitely behooves you to stick it in the refrigerator uh, to harden up the buttercream a little because otherwise it just squeezes out when you chew into the cookie. Yeah. Yeah. I kept my cookies in the refrigerator. Oh, that is something actually that annoyed me about the recipe. What? So (laughs) I know we get into this habit, especially when you're making a recipe up from scratch of kind of just following everybody else's format of recipes. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the instructions, the very first thing is preheat your oven to 350. Yes. And then once you've got the cookies made, it says chill for at least a half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I I hate that too. It's such a waste of energy. (laughs) I'm like, what? I've already had my oven on for 15 minutes, and now you want me to put my cookies in the fridge. (laughs) Yes, so that was just a a little pet peeve. I'm curious. Do you let your butter come to room temperature on its own? Like, Do you have enough foresight to take it out of the fridge ahead of time? Hardly ever. Yeah, me too. Um, I usually do some kind of hacked-together way of softening it where... I chop it up into little pats of butter, let it sit out for a couple minutes, and then go at it with a couple knives to just get it into as small as pieces as possible so it'll soften quicker. (laughs) Yeah. I leave it out while I mix my dough, and then I'm very upset that it's not, like, ready in the five minutes I gave it. And then (laughs) put it in, in, like, the microwave for 10 seconds and, like, squishy enough. Okay. I have seen this trick where you can put boiling water into a glass and then if you put the glass over the butter after you pour out the water obviously you don't want boiling water on your butter but if you have like the glasses heated and then you put it over as like a butter cover it heats the butter evenly so that it's soft but i haven't tried it yet we'll have to give that a try next time moving on from delicious oatmeal-y brown sugar well there's a lot of brown sugar flavor in these yeah delicious cookie sandwiches we have our crochet project that we kind of are doing as a side quest if you will Mm -hmm. um so how is yours going how much do you have done not a lot uh so the first step in the uh the pattern is to make a scarf that is just so it's like it's instead of going uh the short ways along the scarf you make like the really long I'm going to say chain, even though they don't say to make a chain. You crochet it along the length instead of yes. the width. So you Thank have you. very long rows and few of them instead of very short rows and a lot of them. Right. So I think it's, what are you supposed to do? Seven, seven long rows total. Mm-hmm. And I have completed three, three long rows. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Um, I actually, I found this so far to be a very relaxing project which I haven't done very many relaxing crocheting and knit projects lately they've all been kind of what is that word intricate or whatever yeah 
and taken more focus in this. So I found this very relaxing to do in front of the in front of a show. So I actually have the whole hood and scarf done. What? That's crazy. I also have to say that I love the foundation double crochet. Yeah, I had never heard I of it before. I think it is amazingly brilliant. I had never heard about it before either. So we've talked before about how we both have a tendency to crochet very tightly. When I heard that, you know, the first thing to do was do this, you had to do it lengthwise, I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I'm going to make a trapezoid because I always make a trapezoid <laughs> because when I try to do anything off of a chain, the chain is always tighter than everything else mm-hmm. because I just find it so difficult. It says, oh, crochet loosely. Yeah, okay, I can't do that. <laughs> So (laughs) I had to look up how to make a foundation double crochet because I had no idea. But I did find actually a neat website called um, Interweave where I found good instructions to do it. And they had nice graphics to show what loops you were going into. And once I did maybe three or four stitches, it was actually very easy to do the whole length of it. I will say I made it too long because I make everything too long, but... (laughs) I was too lazy to get up and go get like a measuring tape thing. Yeah. So I just, they give an example for a, a, a person who is 5'4", you need 161 stitches. And they have yeah. a little calculation to measure your, what is it, wingspan, your <laughs> yes. arm, arm span, um, and how to calculate how many stitches you need. And I said, no, screw that. I'm just adding a bunch to their example because I am 5'6". That's close enough to 5'4", so I'll see what happens at the end. Well, I'm 5'8", and they actually said that it's 10 stitches per 4 inches of your arm. So I just took 5'4", and added my 4-inch wingspan, and, (laughs) um, you know, just added 10 more stitches. But I actually was like, is that really going to be long enough? So I think I added, like, 15 more onto that as well. (laughs) I think I added 20 total. So instead of 161, I did 181. We'll see. Yeah. I know I also did, I also added more to the sides of the hood because I really, really hate when a hood is too shallow and so it doesn't really cover your face and mm, like you, okay. your head doesn't actually fit in there. So I, I made it, I think, two stitches, two more stitches on either side deeper. So it's kind of a nice big roomy hood. So is all you have to do now is the ears? No, there are pockets on each side oh, of the, the ends of the scarf, and then there are the applique um, paw print things. Right. Yep. So there's still, you know, the, the fiddly stuff that I have problems <laughs> dealing with. <laughs> so I'll probably delay in doing the appliques for, you know, another month or two. <laughs> I have some work travel travel coming up. I'm hoping I can bring this on the plane and uh just kind of blast it out while watching some movies that I wouldn't otherwise watch yeah that's a great idea that's what travel is good for yeah it's just inconvenient to bring a giant ball of yarn oh that's something I wanted to ask you yes it says to double up your yarn yes if you're using a worsted weight or you can use a regular amount for if you're using a super bulky. Okay. Which one did you go with? I went with worsted weight because I have a lot of worsted weight already in my stash. So I found something that I had 
I think I had three skeins of it and I doubled up. So that was actually pretty easy to do it that way because I had so many skeins to begin with. I could just take one from each instead of having to unravel the entire thing and find both ends. Mm-hmm. How did you do it? I bought a super bulky weight. It's a, it's a big fluffy. Oh, I was telling you about this before. Okay. So I went to the yarn store cause I didn't have enough of anything in my stash that would be good for this. Um, and I saw some super bulky yarn that was, it's supposed to be, you know, it was advertised for a soft blanket and it was fluffy and soft and I loved it. And I was looking at the colors. They had an orange and I was like, Ooh, I'll do like an orange cat and then do some stripes. And I had to back myself off of that <laughs> level of detail. And I just grabbed a, a gray that I thought was lovely. And I got it home and I put it down next to the couch so I could start next time I was sitting there. And I was walking around and out of the corner of my eye, I kept thinking it was my cat. And I've realized it's the exact same shade of gray that my actual cat is. That's a big win. (laughs) Well, this big ball of yarn is about the size of my big cat. And it just trips me out. So what's the brand of yarn Mm -hmm. that you're using? Do you know? No, but it's right outside my door. Go Go get it. Give it one second. Okay, it is Burnett. Burnett. <laughs> Super bulky. Burnett blanket. Oh, I love that kind. It's so soft and fluffy. I made my sister's baby blanket with that. It's a lovely. It's kind of like chenille. Is that how you say it? I'm not saying that right either. It's kind of like what? Oh, God. I'm going to look it up and try to say it. <laughs> how do you say this word? Chenille. Oh, it is. Chenille. Chenille. <laughs> you have no idea what I'm talking about? No. Sorry. It's kind of like the string version of a pipe cleaner. Oh. Like instead of the fibers being long and twisted around each other, there's like a long twisted fiber in the middle, but then the fibers all come out so that you're feeling the ends of the fuzzies. Oh. Do you know what yeah. I'm talking about? Okay. So it's kind of like that. Yes. I love that yarn. I got it in maybe six different colors, and I like all of them. (laughs) Yeah, I'm very happy with my purchase. Uh, It's just I have not put enough time into it, but I'm going to. It also knits up very nicely. I feel like it's very easy to knit with. Yes, it's it's very good to crochet with. I am enjoying the experience. I'm curious to see how it looks when it comes out because the cool part about it is the way the fibers are well it depends on what you want to make with it but the way the the yarn is with the fibers coming out at the ends instead of twisted around each other it's a little harder to see the individual stitches so it looks more like a cohesive fabric yeah and I really there are some things that that wouldn't really work with very well if you wanted to have a fancy stitch or but to have something that's going to end up looking like an animal head seems yeah. like it would work really well. Yeah, I think so. The only weird thing is that if the if it gets twisted as I'm going around and like unraveling it from from the ball, yeah, um, you can see it oh, like get twisted. Yeah, I know up. what you mean. And it's not as flattering a look, so I have to like I keep seeing that, and I have to uh, resituate it. You know. 
Yeah. But, I mean, it's not a huge inconvenience. It's just something that I have to think about. Well, mine, because I did the, the two uh, worsted weight strands, like, you can really see that it's an... It's a double crochet stitch. Like, the stitch is just very obvious. So it's not going to look very much like animal fur. <laughs> but that's okay. So what color did you go with? It's kind of a steely blue. Mm. It's definitely in the blue family, but it's almost slate-like and edging towards gray. Okay. I just didn't have any animal colors available. And I didn't. I had just... <laughs> People know that I knit and crochet. So whenever they have extra yarn around and they don't know what to do with it, they just drop it off with me. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I recently got three bags, and I'm not talking about grocery shopping bags. I'm talking about when you go to Joann's mm-hmm. and you do a lot of shopping and they give you that gigantic bag of, like, where you could put pillows in it, yeah. that kind of bag. I'm t- Three bags of that. I mean, oh, three. Geez. Bags of that size full of new yarn. And none of it was right for this. <laughs> so I just was not about to go to the store and buy more. It's my only point. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many small, small amounts of yes. yarn. We need to do more little projects, I think. I think so too. Even though I don't regret this one at all, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I read, <laughs> after I read through the directions... Um, actually, once I started doing it, and then I read through the directions, I realized <laughs> that there were different sizes, and I'm used to using the size that's not in parentheses because it's usually a smaller size, and things are like, oh, this is small, medium, and large, and I might do a small something. I didn't realize the the, the ones that were not in parentheses were for a kid or a tween, until oh. after I had started. And I'm like, oh, I get it. This hood is actually made for adults. It's made for children. <laughs> <laughs> and I should have realized that. So then I kind of had to redo it because obviously I'm going to wear it. Right. Obviously. I'm really excited to debut mine because my office is kept so freaking cold that I need something like this at my desk at all times that I can just whip out and put on. I Probably. agree. It's, it's essential to have layers in an office environment. Mm-hmm. Especially es- cat-related ones. Especially cat-related <laughs> ones, because that's not strange at all. <laughs> By the time I finish that, people will figure out my deal. Yes, I and think so. I, I think I you're definitely learn. right. Here, I brought you cookies, and now I'm wearing a cat hood. So this is who I am. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you take a cookie... You are You're buying into this. to not <laughs> judge me harshly. You're implicitly agreeing to accept me as I am. <laughs> yes, that's right. You have to take the good with the bad. Yes, the I bad like that. Is taking me seriously as a professional while I wear a crocheted cat hood. Well, you have you worn your um? Didn't you make another animal-related scarf? Oh, I made that for my sister. Oh, too bad, too bad. I know, I know. I don't know why I gave it to her since she lives in Tucson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was some poor planning on your part. She specifically said she needed cold weather gear. Well, I hear that in the desert it gets very cold at night. Yeah, all right. But it was raccoon themed. I don't know if they, I don't think they have raccoons. Hmm. 
Because hmm. that, that makes it an exotic animal. Ooh, Ooh I like fancy. that. This animal comes from a far off land. <laughs> like pretty much everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we've got coyotes now. They should have raccoons too. Oh, yeah. It's like a, it's like a foreign, foreign exchange student program. <laughs> <laughs> but not one you want. No, not really. All right, so what are we going to do next time besides finish our I was our just going to talk about that because, well, maybe we should hold off. I'm trying really, really hard not to jump the gun on this whole fall thing. Mm. So that's pretty difficult. I have an idea. It's Ooh. not a fully formed one, but it is the beginnings of an idea. How about we make something with peaches in it? Because uh, I have way too many peaches. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's make some peaches. Peach things. Awesome. My peach tree just exploded this year. I think so far there's still a lot of fruit on the tree that I have not picked because I'm worried that it's all going to go bad before I get to, like, peel them and quarter them and freeze them. But um, I think so far we've gotten probably close to 16 pounds Whoa. of peaches. Jeez. And there's still a lot to go. I will take as many as you would like to get rid of. And the funny thing is, we we haven't been getting a lot of peaches from this tree. So we planted another peach tree. <laughs> <laughs> and if I had known how many peaches one tree could put out, we mm-hmm. would not have got a second one. <laughs> that would not have been a discussion. How old is the one that you that you were picking from? Well, we got it... When we moved into this house, actually, as a housewarming present from my husband's uncle and aunt. That's nice. That's a good idea. It was. It was a very great idea because, you know, we have this beautiful tree now that gives us delicious peaches. And every time I go out and look at it and pick peaches from it, I think, hey, that was a really awesome gift that they gave us. (laughs) Yeah. That's cute. So was this like the first big year? Oh, yeah. Last year, actually, we didn't get a single peach off it last year. Well, last year we had some drought issues. Yeah. And this year was pretty much the complete opposite where it rained a lot. It was good for peaches. So I have in the past made one recipe with peaches that (laughs) was really good. Ooh. But I've already tried it. Um, Yeah. So I don't know if that should count. But it was a peaches and cream pie. I was just looking at one that was called a peaches and cream pie. It was really good. Was it? Yeah. So it was like, so you make the, the pie crust, right? And then it was almost like um, a layer of almost cheesecake and then pie, like peach pie on top. Wow. That sounds but, like a lot of work. But you don't cook it in two sections. It just comes out that way. That's magical. It's kind of like those little pudding cakes. I think because like the... the the milk stuff sinks at the bottom. Yeah. The differences in... Buoyancy? I don't know. But what else would you like to try? I've always liked looking at like grilled peaches. Yeah. Stuff like that. But I've never tried something like that. I know um, I've done peach salsas in the past that are very good. I actually already made a peach cobbler, which was mm. delicious. It's hard to do... I think, muffins or cakes with fruit that's really juicy because they end up coming out heavy mm-hmm. and smooshy and gross, smooshy. in my opinion. <laughs> so I think either something like a crisp or a cobbler 
All the, even though that's boring. Ooh, or peach upside down cake or oh. stuffed peaches. What do you stuff it with? I don't know. I'd have to look up a recipe. But you have them and you stuff stuff in them and you bake them. It'd probably be something kind of like the last time when we were talking about apple dumplings. Mm-hmm. Where you kind of have a cinnamon brown sugar mix and then just cook them until they're warm and sweet and delicious. Or we could do... What's a peach melba? I have not a clue. Peach melba is a dessert of peaches and raspberry sauce with vanilla ice cream. Wow, you just sounded like... Wikipedia? No, my Amazon Echo. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Would you like to hear more? It was invented in 1892 or 93 by the French chef Auguste... uh, Something. Okay, then. Escoffier. Yeah, you keep trying. To honor the Australian soprano Neely Melba. Oh, that's why Melba doesn't sound like any kind of food, because it's not. No. It's a person. It is. It is a person. Holy cow, look at this. I found a recipe called peach whirly gigs, which is basically peaches <laughs> and cinnamon rolls. Oh, the cinnamon okay. rolls are on top. Okay. You basically just have a pan with peaches in the bottom and cinnamon rolls on top, and then you cook it so that it, they're kind of like together, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay. that's kind of brilliant. Hold we can on, also I'm... try a jam or something. I'm looking at a, a recipe. Oh, yeah, so it's sort of like, um, crap, what's that thing? There's a thing that my husband likes to make with berries where you... Clafuti? No. It's, it's a name that I think is a dumb... It's a really dumb name, but it's and like... And Clafuti old... isn't? <laughs> That's, that is... <laughs> it's still a dumb name, but it's something like a... Is like it a, a berry... dump cake? A dump cake? <laughs> <laughs> That's a real thing, too. Uh-huh. No, it's it's a... Oh, man, this is going to kill me. A trifle. No. Um... um. Shoot. Okay, so you make like a berry kind of sugar mixture in a pan... And it's kind of jam-like, but it's warm. And then you drop dumpling on top, and you just cover it, and just the steam cooks the dumpling. Uh, Hold on. I'm going to message my husband. That's not weird at all, since you guys live in the same house. I don't want to have to get up. Anyway, I'll get back to it. What else can we make? Can you make a bread pudding? I like bread puddings. Hmm. A peach bread pudding. Yeah, that would actually probably be pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty much going to make overnight French toast and just shove some peaches in it. Ooh. I think that's Peach it. stuffed French toast. Yes. I think that's what I... Oh. Oh. Oh, wait a second. For real, peach stuffed French toast. Like yeah. peaches and cream cheese in yes. French toast. I am for that. Although, also, what is this that I just found that looks ridiculous? Oh, the thing <gasps> that my husband makes is called a grunt. Oh, wow. That does sound gross. <laughs> but it's tasty. You know what? Is he from... Where is he from? Uh, he's Pennsylvania Dutch. I was going to say, that sounds very Pennsylvania Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We'll make this thing, but we'll make it in a pot so everything is sloppy and steamy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They love their, like, pot-steamed dumpling pudding things. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where it comes from. (laughs) 
I'm not at all making fun of the Pennsylvania Dutch. Don't even. I, I'm not because I'm married to one. I am also married into Pennsylvania Dutchness. Oh, yeah? A little bit, yes, I think. I might have made that up. <laughs> I hope my husband doesn't listen. We're like, what are you talking about? Do you know who I am? <laughs> have you met me? Look at these weird things. They're called mm. European-style peach dumplings, but they look really cool. What? What? I'm looking at them. They look like a, like a dim sum dumpling. <laughs> Don't they? That's why I think that's why I like them. <laughs> well, there's not much to it. It does have cottage cheese, though, which always and really weirds me out. What the heck is that? Oh, isn't that very fine cornmeal? Okay, farina is a for- farina is a form of milled wheat, most often used to prepare hot cereal for gr- breakfast. So it's like oatmeal, hmm. grits, but wheat instead. Farina also sounds like maybe a figure skater's name. Yes, <laughs> I think for the re- this recipe, I would use a cream cheese instead of cottage cheese, or maybe ooh, um, what's that? That sweeter, smoother ricotta? Um, Mascarpone. Yeah, mascarpone, that would be good. Yeah, pretty much anything except cottage cheese. We should go back to the stuffed French toast, because mascarpone with peaches. I know you said cream cheese, but I'll do my thing and you do yours. Oh, no, I'm going to do that now, too, because why would I do... You know what? If we are going to do, like, baked breakfast with stuff, we could also instead do stuffed crepes. Ooh, I do like crepes. Yeah, French toast is better. <laughs> it's the French toast. It is. It is. It is. So, um, this is going to be one of those challenge things, I guess, where we pick our own recipes and just give it a whirl. I will try. I know I'm very bad at this. I will try to actually write down how I make it. Oh, I'll try to. In case it comes out good. My <laughs> husband yells at me all the time. All the times I make something delicious for dinner or make a dessert that I just do kind of off the cuff and it comes out amazing. He's like, oh, I need to have this again. How did you make it? I don't know. (laughs) Why would you ask me that? (laughs) I do not expect anything off the cuff to be delicious, so I'm not going to put the time into writing it down ahead of time. Exactly. That's silly. I made chocolate chip cookies a couple of weeks ago, and I made a bunch of tweaks because that's what happens when I have any recipe in my hands, almost. He just raved about them, saying that they were the best chocolate cookies he had ever had in his entire life, and (laughs) he's like, what did you do different? (laughs) I don't know. I put in some different stuff. I cooked it differently. I don't know. It's just, there they are. That's You better enjoy them because it's the one time you're going to have them. (laughs) Some experiences in life are one-time experiences and everything else needs to be compared to them. But you'll never, never achieve it again. It's true. So yes, next time we will be having a stuffed French toast challenge. I look forward to seeing your glorious pictures. Yes, I look forward to your pictures as well. Do you have pictures of the uh, caramel apple cookies? I do. Wonderful. Amazingly enough. We'll be putting that up on our Facebook page, which you can find at Keeping Busy, and then just search, wait, no, Facebook, and then just search Keeping Busy podcast. Oh, that was bad. (laughs) Just start over. (laughs) 
I know, because it was a transition from the pictures. It's fine. I'll keep it in. Okay. <laughs> Send us an email about um, how your recipes went or what you're planning on for the French toast, or if you tried the scooty, which is the, the scarf hood that we're working on. Um, you can email us at keepingbusypodcast at gmail.com. And if you could leave us a review or subscribe to us on iTunes, that helps us rise through the ranks and more people will listen. And that's just wonderful. Also, if you visit us on Facebook, leave some comments. Tell us how much better my stuff looks <laughs> and um, <laughs> and whatever other wonderful, positive <laughs> encouragement you have for us. Yeah. And if you have any constructive feedback, which we welcome, uh, could you send it to the email so we're not publicly shamed? Yeah. Thank don't you. make Thanks. us cry. Yeah, we love to hear nice. from you. Just don't make us cry. Yeah, make us cry in private, not publicly. (laughs) When we have cookies to comfort ourselves. That's right. Go bake your stuff. Go knit or crochet or whatever you like to do. And while you're doing that, we'll be keeping busy. Bye.